God, we thank you that you sent your son. Jesus, we thank you for willingly coming for us. And we acknowledge that there is authority in the name of Jesus and only in the name of Jesus. And so this morning, whatever we brought in with us today, over your marriage, Jesus, over your finances, Jesus, over your health, Jesus, over your depression and your anxiety and your fear, Jesus, over our children, Jesus, over our jobs, Jesus, and over this nation, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and continue to do. It's in your name, amen. Amen. Good morning. You guys can be seated this morning. Thank you for coming on this day that you could have had all the reasons to sleep in and get your grill going and all the things. Uh, just thank you for being here this morning. And even those of you online, watching from your couch or the beach to two particular people. <clears throat> um, this morning we are starting a new series. And we're going to be in this series for the month of July. And it's called In the World. And really what we're going to do during this series is we're going to sort of dig a little deeper, a little more specific on something that we discovered during our God series, God story series, as we spent time going through the seamless thread of God's word through the Old Testament. Because what we saw is that from the very beginning, God has had one plan, and that was to use his people, his followers, to show the world a different way to live, to show the world the godly way to live, to worship him alone, to put their trust in him, and that by doing that, the rest of the world would then come to, to see this God on display, and they would come to choose to follow this God too. And so as God's people, we do, we have a role to play. When we received um, <clears throat> Jesus, we did not just get, get to just check a box and just sit back and wait till he returns. We joined a team. We joined a mission. We have a mission on this earth, and that is to help others come to know this Jesus too. And that is what we are called to. That is how we are in the world. But we're going to look at a few different ways that it just seems that we have sort of gotten a little sideways or maybe lost focus as the church. And so we're going to do that by kind of asking this question that I think is really the foundational question for every Christ follower. It's what I encourage you to ask every single day. It's the first question I ask every morning. God, how am I missing it? How am I sideways? How am I not seeing this person or this situation with your eyes? How am I going about this in the wrong way? Because the enemy is going to continually work against us, continue to work against this mission. And so we have to be people who are willing to ask that question. 
and then give God permission to come, open our eyes, and then sort of shift our focus. And that's what this series is going to be about. And so today, I want us to look at an issue that I believe is incredibly essential to this gospel message that we are called to proclaim. But it's one that the enemy is really sort of causing American Christians to be ineffective in this reconciliation work that we're called to. And so this morning, as we celebrate our nation's birthday, this 4th of July, I feel like there is a particular way that as American Christians, we have lost our focus and our mission. And so this morning, I want us to take a dive into what it really means when we talk about freedom. And we're going to be using Paul's letter to the, to the Galatians mostly. Because in this letter to the Galatians, Paul passionately goes after helping us to understand what freedom is really is, and how we are to truly embrace the freedom that Christ set us free to have. And I love the book of Galatians because Paul's passion is so evident. He even mentions his frustration multiple times. He is worked up about this because it is so important. And towards the end of this letter, there's a, there's a verse that I just love. It has absolutely no spiritual depth to it at all. I just think it's hysterical. Because at the end of writing this letter so passionately, in Galatians 6.11, it says, Look at how giant these letters are now that I'm writing with my own hand. Like he's been writing this letter and he's so passionate that his handwriting is getting huge. And it's like, it's like 50 AD's version of using all caps. You know, when someone texts you in all caps... There's passion behind that. But it's also kind of telling because he's like, I am so passionate about this. It is so important that you understand this, that even you can tell by my handwriting, like this is a big deal. And so we're going to use this to help us get some clarity on this issue that is still a really big deal. Because this morning, we're going to rethink the way that maybe we view our faith and our nation, which is not an easy thing for us to do. And so before we get started, I just want to ask you to open up your minds and hearts to allow your understanding of freedom to maybe be realigned in the same way that Paul was hoping these Galatians would embrace it as well. Because freedom is something that both America and the Christian church hold tightly to. In fact, there's probably no other word more synonymous with America than freedom. Freedom is the foundation of what America is all about. It's what this nation was founded on. It's what men and women have fought to protect. It's at the very core of what we as citizens care most deeply about, protecting and exercising. But freedom is also a central component to the gospel message. For those of us who have placed our trust in Jesus Christ, freedom is the gift that we have received. In Galatians 5.1, Paul simply says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So then for the American Christian, freedom is the foundation of everything we do, everything 
We live in everything we breathe. And yet the freedom of the American citizen and that of a follower of Jesus Christ are entirely different. They are not one in the same, and yet too many Christian Americans live as though they are. And this is extremely dangerous because it puts into jeopardy the message of freedom that is found only in Christ. And so as God's people who are called to go into this world on this mission, it is important that we make sure that we have clarity on the difference. Because in the land of the free, we often champion the wrong type of freedom, which leaves this nation then missing out on true freedom that is made possible only through the work of the cross. Beyond that, it seems that as these foundational freedoms are, are maybe challenged, what we see happening is American Christians rising up in this defensive posture, this aggressive posture of these laws and these statutes for our national freedoms instead of focusing on the gospel mission. It seems that nationalism for many American Christians has become a religion that has ravished their hearts more than Christ himself. And this is a hard thing to admit. It's a hard thing to wrestle with, but I believe that it is essential. And I think that it comes down in a lot of ways to this misaligned understanding of freedom allotted by Christ and that of our nation. And so this morning, we're going to dive in to what it means when we talk about freedom. We're going to define free, the two different freedoms, and then we're going to ask ourselves if we have been focusing on the wrong one. And then as a result of that, how is it causing us or having an impact on our ability to live out the Great Commission? Because I think there are a few things happening in the American church right now as a result of being more concerned about our American freedoms than about sharing the message of freedom of Christ with our nation. And I just want to talk about two quickly this morning. One of them is that when this happens, nationalism can become our God. See, when we see American freedoms as the greatest gift, we become devoted to defending our national rights and we begin to put our hope in them. Our hope and our confidence is directly connected with our American freedom. So when they begin to be challenged or they begin to be taken away, we begin to feel anxious. And we somehow seem to equate God's promises in his word with our American freedoms. If our American freedoms are not intact, then God's promises cannot come true for us. We forget that our God is a God over all things, that despite what is happening in this world, God is God. And so when this happens, we, we take our stands and we use our words to fight for these laws and these regulations and these rights. We use our position and our opportunities in this way. And it is amazing how bold and confident 
people will be when they are talking about their political party. They're not ashamed. They're proud. They're straightforward. They stand confident. We will proudly wear our red, white, and blue out and about. And that's not a bad thing. Unless we are not doing the same and more for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Because where is that same passion? Where is that same confidence? Where is that same determination when it comes to this message of Jesus? Too many Christians are willing to stand on these platforms for America, but not for Jesus. And so it seems that we've forgotten that the Great Commission is about saving souls, not governments. Because honestly, think about it. What good is it to have a country that abides by Bible-inspired laws if nobody believes in Jesus? And so I think that we as Christians need to do an honest assessment. What stirs more deeply in us, America or Jesus? What matters to you more, that your American rights remain defended or that the people in this nation come to experience relationship with their Savior? We have to be so careful that nationalism does not become our God. And then the second thing that I think is happening in the American church right now is that people can begin to define their identity within their political party. See, God actually created us to be creatures who who need solidarity. That's why he gave us the church. When, we, when we're able to stand in solidarity with others, it gives us the confidence and spurs us to stand strong in our mission. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of people see their political party as the true church. I mean, it's God's political party, right? It's, it's the one Jesus would have been a part of. We get so determined and so spurred on by others in our political party that, that we forget. We forget the actual mission that we are called to. And something extremely dangerous begins to happen when we do this. What happens is that we begin to see them as the enemy. You know, those people. The people who don't think the way we do. The people who don't believe the way we do. The people who are living in sin. We somehow see it as our job to shut those people down. We see them as a threat to our way of life. And worst of all, we somehow think that we are honoring God by doing this. We see it as our job to defend and implement laws that keep those people obedient to God's design, whether it be the sanctity of marriage, the definition of gender, or protection of life. But wait. 
Didn't Jesus call us to love those people? Didn't Jesus call us to win those people over for Christ? Aren't we supposed to see those people with God's eyes as lost, deceived, broken sinners in need of a Savior? Aren't those people the mission field, not the enemy? I mean, it seems as though the American church is on this mission to win America backed for God, but we are going about this the wrong way. So I want to ask you this morning, we're going to do a heart check, all of us, this morning. When you think about those people, when you think about the people who are blatantly promoting these homosexual lifestyles, people who are working to undo all forms of gender conformity, people who are behind this critical race theory indoctrination in our schools, people who are preaching false prophecies, the vaccinated or the unvaccinated, the news anchors on the channel that you hate, the people in office that you did not vote in. When you think about these people, read about these people, encounter these people, what do you feel toward them? What is your response to them? Do you pray for them? Do you feel heartbroken for them? Do you see them as the people that God commissioned you into this world to love and to introduce the saving grace of Jesus? Or do we feel defensive, angry, annoyed, even hate? And honestly, even worse than that, do you feel justified in those feelings? I think you can begin, begin to see how serious it is that we understand what true freedom is. Because we want to be vessels for God. We want to be used by him. But when this starts to get blurred for us, really, really bad things can start to happen. And so this morning, again, we're just going to do a heart check and we're going to try to refocus. And so I want to just quickly just define these two different types of freedoms that we're talking about. So when we talk about American freedom, it's really the ability to choose to live, to worship, to believe, and to become whatever we want. In the Declaration of Independence, this nation was founded on the ideal that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the U.S. US Constitution promotes similar freedom in the preamble, saying to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. See, in the foundation of this the establishment of this nation. Our founding fathers believed that God had created all humans to be equal, 
to have the right to life, and to be able to pursue the life that they desire to achieve. Coming from governments that, that were oppressive and abusive, that restricted the people, America is the first and only nation to establish freedom for its people. This nation is meant to be governed by the people, not by oppressive governments dictating their choices. And so the laws that, that then were established were created to protect the people, to continue to be able to exercise these freedoms. And so in many ways, we can see that the establishment of this, this nation was an attempt to usher in God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Because God is all about equality and diversity. God created all people in his image. God is the author of life. And in John 10.10, Jesus said that he wants us to have it to the full. And God has always been an advocate for the oppressed, for the victim, and the dominated. God created us to live in freedom from all oppression. But America, American freedom is also synonymous with, with personal independence. The ability to make our own decisions and choose our own path in life, to do whatever we want and be whoever we want. In a lot of ways, what this freedom in America allows us to do is to be the God of our own life. But this is not at all the freedom that Jesus bought for us. See, in contrast to this independent freedom, spiritual freedom is about dependence. As it does this transforming work within us and gives us the ability to obey God and choose his will for our life. See, this is the freedom Christ set us free to have access to because it is the freedom that sin denies us. Paul says that we are so easily entangled by sin and that without Christ, we are slaves to sin. Sin holds this, this power over us that keeps us captive in our very souls and our minds and our hearts. Not to mention that the penalty for sin is death on this earth, in our relationships, in our peace, in our confidence, but also death eternally, separated from God. But through Christ, we can experience freedom, true freedom. As we submit ourselves to Christ, sin begins to lose its power over us as Christ's power takes over in us. When we choose to follow Jesus, our sinful habits and patterns and behaviors and thoughts are transformed and healed. Shame disappears and peace replaces it. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit and we are sanctified back into God's original design. And so the way then we view our own identity changes. Sin that's working so tirelessly in us to destroy us is silenced. And the burdens that we carry are laid down and we pick up a yoke that is easy. But in contrast to American freedom that allows us to live however and do whatever we want, the freedom Christ bought for us was a freedom that empowers us to embrace the godly way. 
Because when Jesus set us free, it was not to do whatever we want to do. He was freeing us to do what we ought to do. See, God designed a way for us to live that is perfect. This way produces all of the good things, peace, contentment, joy, love, right relationship with God and with others. But, but sin works as this force pulling us away from God's best for us. And so Paul says this in Galatians 5, beginning in verse 16. He says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Jesus purchased our freedom so that we could be set free from this oppressive force within us so that we may then become slaves to Christ. He said in Romans, Paul says, When we were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of those things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, rather than being set free to be the God of our own lives, Jesus set us free from the forces at work against our best interest to allow us to choose to serve our loving creator. It's kind of like if you had a job and you had a terrible boss. This boss devalued you. This boss was demeaning. They worked you hard and they paid you garbage. And every day you went to work, you just felt like you were dying inside, day after day after day. But then you get a new job offer. And this boss is incredible. This boss is for you. This boss is determined to help you achieve your greatest potential. This boss is affirming to you. This boss even sacrifices their own benefit so that you can succeed. This boss champions you and supports you. You still have a boss. But this boss is so life-giving that you wouldn't choose to do this on your own even if you could. See, personal freedom is not what will ever satisfy us. It is not until we submit ourselves as children of God that we will experience true freedom and peace. The freedoms that we are allotted as Americans are beautiful. And I think probably for most of us, we don't even have a concept of how blessed we are. It's not even on our radar, the reality of what our life could be like in other places of the world. We have no idea what so many people in our world face because of their faith. But in a lot of ways, this can leave us a little too comfortable. 
Because the freedoms that this nation provides us cannot do the work that only Christ can do. The reality is that the people in this nation are slaves to sin. And as Paul said, that will always lead to shame and regret. Success? Maybe. Power? Maybe. Fame and prestige? Maybe. Comfort? Probably. But not true freedom. See, what this nation needs is the free gift of salvation found only through Jesus Christ. It will not be found in our citizenship, even in a free nation. And so this is, in a lot of ways, what Jesus was saying to the Jews who were confused that they thought that their freedom was found in their lineage connection to Abraham. But what Jesus says to them is he says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Only when the son sets you free will you truly be free. It's not until we experience faith in Christ. And so this is why here at Church on the Hill, we talk so much about helping people find freedom. When we offer our freedom groups, we encourage everybody to go through them. Because the freedom we're talking about is freedom that breaks off holds of shame and bitterness and negativity. That sets us free from addictions and, and, and mindsets. It allows us to extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness. The freedom that is available through Jesus Christ truly sets us free. It is an internal freedom that we cannot experience any other way. Freedom from the tempter, the liar, and the oppressor. Freedom from the grip of sin so that we can choose to live the godly and right way. The freedom that America made available for people is important, but it can never give us genuine freedom in our souls. And this spiritual freedom is what God has commissioned us to go into the world, to go into our nation and proclaim and invite people into. Because this freedom is available for all people who choose to put their trust in Jesus Christ. And I think that's really the key that we need to remember. Because really that's what freedom is. It's a choice. The ability to choose for oneself. But this choice that was given at the foundation of our great nation was actually first given in the foundation of all creation. Because when God created humanity, he gave them a choice. He placed in the garden the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's way was perfect. God's love was perfect. But it would only truly be genuine relationship if it was chosen. I mean, yeah, we can obey laws because we're told to. But God is not about ritual. 
The scriptures say over and over that God is about the heart. God cares about our heart. So being forced or programmed or told to do certain things and live a certain way will never produce genuine relationship or heart desire. I mean, it really doesn't mean the same thing if somebody says, I love you because I'm supposed to. Or, I love you because I don't really know any different. Love is only genuine when it is chosen, willingly given. God wants people to choose him. And so in some ways we find ourselves, again, with the same misguided focus that this church in Galatia had. Because these new believers that were coming to follow Jesus had the Jews that were telling them all of these laws that they had to do. And so Paul writes this letter to say, no, that's not how this works. And so Paul says in Galatians 2, verse 16, He writes to them, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with with God by obeying the law. In other words, God is not so concerned that people just simply live a certain way. God cares about people's hearts. God wants genuine relationship, which means people have to choose him. And so, in the same way, we can never reach our nation for Christ if we are focused on winning this nation back for God from political standpoints. Instead, we have to start focusing on the actual lost, broken, deceived hearts of the people. To make them obey the law because they're supposed to, because it's the right way, will never work. Telling people to live the right way will not win their hearts. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ. The Pharisees were hardcore on all the laws, on the godly way, and yet Jesus says to them over and over and over You will never find freedom in the law. It's only if you trust and follow after me. Guys, there is no question that our nation needs Jesus. People are confused and lost. And so those people who who are confused about their gender, they need Jesus. People who are living in homosexual relationships, they need to meet Jesus. People who are lying and manipulating systems to gain power need to encounter Jesus. People who are using guns and violence and bullying, they need Jesus. People who are so filled with hate toward one another need Jesus. Guys, people need Jesus. They need to experience freedom in their souls. They need to know that they are deeply loved. They need to be forgiven. 
They need their wounds to be healed and their shame to be washed away. They need to be purified. And they need their blinders to be removed. But when we are fighting so hard to defend our American freedoms, we are missing opportunities to tell people and show people about the love of Jesus. We spend so much of our time and effort and hearts defending these American freedoms that we are missing the point of the gospel mission. A freedom that is the only way people will ever truly be set free. So I believe what God needs from his church right now is for us to refocus. He needs us to ask these questions, to do this heart check. He needs his people to repent, to turn back to him, to get clear on what this message we are called to embody and proclaim is truly all about. We have got to stop holding the people in this nation to standards of a God they do not care to obey. Our job is not to save souls or to save governments. It's to save souls. Our job is to help people come to know Jesus so that they will choose to live the godly way as they are freed from the force of sin at work within them. And so if we have gotten to a place where we have had our focus off, if we keep thinking that we are going to win this nation back for God by fighting for our American freedoms, then we have missed it. I think that God has blessed us in this nation and that we as the people do have incredible freedoms to be able to, to help instill the godly way as we usher in God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. But we have to make sure that our focus is right. Because in order to save souls, we have to make people's hearts our mission. We have to get our focus right. And so I think what we see happening in America right now with this sort of persecution that we have never experienced before, this, this silencing, this cancel culture that, that's going on, maybe it's God's way of calling his people out, calling us to test our faith against the fire. Because our faith, it's only when our faith is tested that we are truly able to see where our hearts are at. And if our hearts are not sold out for Jesus, then we cannot expect a lost and deceived nation to come to choose him. And so the more and more that this country is being pulled away from God's heart for creation, it's our time to rise up. It's our time to be set apart. Because we've kind of seen it as this role of being co-hosts in this Christian nation. And that's not how it is. Our season as co-host in this country is passing away, but maybe that's not a bad thing. 
The church must learn what it means to be set apart in this country, which is actually a much stronger position for the gospel. Because in the coming years, being a Christian will, be, will mean more than just being a good citizen. Following Jesus will yield far greater fruit because it will come at a far greater cost. Our mission in this nation is to help people come to experience this Jesus that changed our life. Do you remember? Do you remember when he freed you from that shame? Do you remember when he set you free from that addiction? Do you remember when he gave you peace in your darkest moment? Do you remember when he healed your marriage? Do you remember when he gave you purpose? Do you remember when he met you that day and set you free? Jesus has set you free, and he is asking us to go out into this nation and help other people experience the same thing. True freedom, that they may be set free indeed. So I want to, us to just take a minute. And if you have been following God for a long time, and you find that you've maybe gotten a little comfortable. See, the freedom in this nation can make us really comfortable. We begin, it begins to bleed for us. We have so many freedoms, we don't even know what to do with it. Freedom in Christ, freedom in nation, that we forget how powerful this free gift is. We forget what Jesus has done for us. So this morning, I just want to invite you, as I pray, to just repent. Come before God and just confess. Ask him to help you gain clear focus. Ask him to stir in you a deeper passion for Jesus than anything else. And then if you're here today and you have not started following Jesus... Let today be the day. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, I want that freedom in my soul. I need to be set free. Then today, choose to make God the boss of your life. This boss that is for you. So would you just extend your hands in sort of this posture of surrender as we just take a minute to pray. And then as we close, we're going to end in this song that just proclaims the goodness of this freedom that we have received. Father God, we come before you and we just thank you for all that you have done. We thank you that you have allowed us to live in this great nation. We are so blessed, but God, we are asking that you help us to realign our focus that you would give us wisdom on how to, to balance between America and Jesus. 
that you would use us in this place, in this nation, to help usher in your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. But we would not lose sight of the fact that it's all about the heart. Help us, God, to just get our hearts right. Take us back to that moment, God, when you set us free, that we may remember it and that it may spur in us. And then for those here today that today is the day that you're saying, I want this God to be the boss of my life. Would you just confess, repent for the ways that you've done this on your own, and then receive the free gift of salvation as you allow God to come in and and just lead you in righteousness, in peace, in holiness, and in love. God, would you use us? Use us to reach this nation for Christ. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we just give a shout to God? Just thanking him for the freedom that he has made for us. Paul says in Galatians 5.13, he warns them, he says, you have been set free, but do not use your freedom for selfish ambition, but use it to serve others. May that be who the world sees when they look at the church. May that be what our nation sees when they look at the church. People who are living in confidence and love for the sake of others. Father God, I just pray your blessing over us today. God, would you just go with us, spur in us, God, to just be vessels that are used by you. God, we thank you for this great nation that you have placed us in. God, may we use the freedoms that we have been given to use our voice to tell people about the goodness of God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.